Bros, welcome back to the podcast. Buck Bro Ryan here, joined as always by fellow Buck Bros, Zach Bryce and John. Guys, welcome back. A lot of things to catch up on after our week six performance, so let's jump right into it. The Buccaneers with the Cream Skulls made the uniforms look good on the field, maybe not so much the on-field product. They lose to the Lions 20-6. to So guys, what are your key takeaways from the Lions game? Um as we kind of look to reset going into our next game. Hey, broadcasters! just like my puppy's been doing a lot. Uh, there was a lot of dog shit I saw during that game. Best way to sum it up was it was a shit game, just like Baker said uh, during, uh, during his post-game conference. But um, I will say the defense played pretty admirably um, outside of some secondary lapses. Um they kept us in the game for quite some time. The offense just couldn't get going. I think we finally saw bad Baker in this game. Uh, he was not sharp. He missed a lot of open receivers. The, obviously, he met the one that he clearly missed on the broadcast was tipped in the air to what was hoping to be a wide open Mike Evans that we probably runs in for an 82-yard touchdown. Missed that opportunity, missed some deep shots to Trey Palmer. He was clearly wide open. Yeah, just uh, not a whole lot of good, but, hey, it's it's one game. We're still in the lead in the NFC South, so we just got to pick it back up. I think they'll respond here at home against the Falcons and take a commanding lead in the NFC South. You leave the captain alone, okay? No, that- not. He, he was not good on Saturday. He looked like he belonged in a creamsicle uniform. I think Steve Spurrier had better games than he did on Sunday. On Sunday, those that game looked no different than some of those Brady games I saw last season. So, I I mean everybody played bad from top to bottom. There wasn't really a standout performer on the Bucks yesterday, with the exception of maybe the rare Carmada punt. the The whole team looked bad. And I don't know if I want to blame any players. I, I want to blame our coaching staff. How do you come out of the bye week and look that flat? How do you look that unprepared again? And this is something, you know, that we've been saying for a couple of seasons now, even under Bruce Arians, is how can a team look this bad coming out of the bye week? And I think if you ask any Bucks fan or anyone who watches the games, you know, pretty regularly, you know that we look bad coming out of a bye week the week offs make us look terrible and this was ugly it it was an ugly game but you know if we're gonna say this is bad baker compared to what y'all were saying before the season started then i think we're gonna be okay if this is the worst he's gonna look yeah yeah i mean baker's obviously like outperforming expectations even with this game like just overall but like to john's point the coaching i thought was wild play calling was predictable and i think flat's a good word and in that second half especially in the fourth quarter it just felt like todd bowles was already waving the flag you know no no desire to go for it on fourth down regardless of the time or uh yardage or position on the field 
I understand leaning on your defense because it has played well. And, you know, when they had a short field off that interception, held them to three, that's a huge win. The defense obviously was trying. They held a good offense to 20 points. But the offense play calling and then the, the game management from Bowles was terrible. So it was just a really tough watch. Baker definitely was inconsistent. He had a hard time hitting the deep ball more than once. There were drops again. That's rearing its head. Um, you know, the batted down pass that became an interception that was more than likely a huge gain, if not a touchdown to Mike. That was hard to watch. I don't think John I, Brady's like 6'5". I think he gets that ball off. But, other than, you know, it was just a lot of hard to watch performances aside from the defense doing what they can to hold the team in it. Yeah. I mean, I do agree that there was some coaching um, gas, if you will, during this game. I agree with you, Zach, with the punt decision in the fourth quarter with like eight minutes to go. Didn't understand that. I think that was not the right choice. And I think just from a gut feeling and analytical perspective, they would tell you to go for that. But I can't say that it was all coaching. I mean, there were four or five opportunities to hit big-time shots, you know, down the field, four touchdowns. We got to the red zone a few times and could not capitalize. To your point, players dropped balls or committed penalties or didn't understand, you know, on the defensive side, lack of coverage or blown coverages. So I think it's a mixture of both. I can't say it's just coaching. I think the players did not have a good game specifically Baker. He did not have a good game. Call a spade a spade. He looked like bad Baker. That's what he was. It's what we got. I hope that it's just a one-off and that he comes back strong just like he did against New Orleans after the bad game against the Eagles. I think he can do it again. We just need more of the good Baker, less of the bad Baker. Well, I think, you know, what I will say about this game is kind of what everybody's preaching on. It's it's a two-score game, 20-6, to six, yes. And it seemed a lot more miserable. And it seemed a lot more miserable because everybody seemed to be not at their best. I agree, Baker definitely was not the best Baker we've seen. Probably the worst Baker we've seen up until this point. The coaching, I agree with both of you guys on Todd Bowles' conservatism as a head coach, kind of rearing its ugly head. We saw that last year. I said the same thing on the punt call in the eighth. I said, the defense hasn't stopped them. Why are we not going for it? You know? Um, So I thought that was kind of waving the white flag, like Zach was saying. The defense was great. They just stayed on the field too long. And so that's how you get 380 yards of offense against you and a tired defense. So I can't really fault the defense, but the good thing I will say is it's a 26 game against a very good Lions team who have won like 13 of the last 15 games they've played. Um, And it's a two score game. So if there's any silver lining you can pick, maybe it's that we played a really tough game and we are a tough team to beat. We just didn't bring our A game to that, to the, to the table against the Lions. It is another home game against a top team in the division in which we lose by two scores. And it doesn't feel like it was that close. That's my like my alarm bell is the eye test isn't there against teams we know will be in the playoffs, 
And, you know, it's good that you can beat the teams you should beat. But when you can't beat the teams that are at that level, like it's it's hard. To, it's uh, hard to stomach. Yeah, I would say I think if you ask any Buck fan right now, you're sitting at three and two and your two losses came to the Eagles and the, the Lions. I mean, I think you take it. Um, and to that point, I think we all knew this was not an elite team. Like we're not going to. You would have to play an A++ game to have a chance against that team. We haven't been able to do that. We're clearly not as talented as those teams. So it is what it is. Got to win the games that we are more talented. And then we have a few of that, those on the schedule. So, But where does that put you in the NFL? Like if you, can't, if you can't beat teams that you know will be there in January and you can only beat the Bears, that puts you in like this terrible purgatory uh, like I'd rather be really bad and have the optimism of high draft picks. That's my like that's the part that sucks is that we're looking like a nine and eight, eight and nine team, which I know is kind of like that's our ceiling. That's a bad ceiling. Like your ceiling should be higher than that. Or it should be much lower to try to uh guarantee yourself a shot at developing a future through the draft. That's like that's where I'm at like the result was really bad because like the Eagles are one thing. That's a team that was just in the Super Bowl and that roster, that payroll, like it's a very impressive team. But like Detroit, it's like this is still a team that's kind of an unknown kind of commodity, right? I mean, they finished last year really strong. They rolled it in. But like, are we at their level? Like a team that, you know, you know is going to make the postseason, but has a whole lot of promise behind it as well. And they are proving themselves. No, we're not there. At this point in the season, there's only three teams in the NFC with a better record than us. And I maybe we pull the Lions and we cobble this together and we get some momentum and going forward, you know, it looks like we're going to go, you know, nine and eight or something. But we end up going, you know, uh, 12 and five. We we look a little bit better and we we make some good plays down the stretch. But I, I don't know, man, I, I'm not I'm not going to spell doom and gloom after two losses early in the season. Absolutely not. I mean, and where it puts you probably, Zach, is at the top of the NFC South. I was going to say. Which is what we should be shooting for this season. It is absolutely wide open. I think, and I said this last episode, we are the best team in the NFC South. Win those games and you're you're do a home game for the playoffs. And then anything can happen, right? I mean, I don't know if it's the same as what we're seeing in baseball, where we have a bunch of lower seeds beating top elite teams, but it could. So you never know. After that long ass playoff drought that we went through for nearly a decade, I don't care if we fucking don't draft anybody. I want to just see some playoff football from the Buccaneers season after season. I would rather be a divisional. I would rather take losses in the divisional round every year and play two playoff games than try to build through the draft again with a bunch of scrubs that probably will never work out. I that's so the crazy. last two years have been better like that because that's what it like. Yeah, the last two years have been better. The okay. last two years were better than all those years with Freeman or Winston. But were they better than three years ago? On a team that like developed a lot of losing led to building that roster and then he plugged in Brady. Right, but you're not going to plug in a kid from the draft. Name one team that just plugged in a kid from the draft and is going deep. I, was well, say, I can't I think... this year, but I would say like a Jalen Hurts is an example. Like they plug him in pretty good team right brock purdy plugged him in pretty good team J- jalen hurts was almost like cut from the eagles then they switched 
coaches. So I don't think that's building through the draft. I think it happens. Yeah, to they didn't, they they didn't build the through team. the draft with Brock Purdy either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean, want him. <laughs> Brock Purdy was the last pick of the draft. You don't, you don't have to suck to do that. Actually, you could be really good and get a Brock Purdy apparently. Um, so I don't, and I think I, Brock Purdy I don't agree weekend. with that strategy at all. Go win the division. Weekend, got, got we've got enough talent to do that this season. Bengals would be my other one that I would throw out there, but three and three. That, that's a that's a better comparison. I was it three AFC game. title games in a row? One Super Bowl for the Bucks. Yeah, how many Super Bowls? <laughs> That's, that's like that's my argument is like that was that was a lot of losing to build a roster and then you added in a quarterback none of those losers were on the super bowl roster that's not true at all Levant, well, who besides that Levant? whole secondary is built in the draft mike evans is here forever levante's here forever like these guys are mike evans scored in that super bowl no he has a ring he had a huge PI. All right, we're not throwing shade at Mike Evans. Super Bowl. Carmen Vitali has a ring, okay, and she hosts fucking Instagram segments. Okay. All right. Well, I just want to be on record as saying that I am not looking forward to going eight and nine and picking twenty first in the draft. Hell yeah! Late and, uh, dude. Somebody's always got to be thinking about the future. Thank you for your contribution, Zach. Yeah. It. Yeah. It really seems appreciated. Um. Let's move on, since we are the toughest team in the NFC South. Let's move on to our NFC South tracker. The NFC South continued its um, shade of suckage, I guess. Um, all teams lost in the NFC South, including your Buccaneers. Um, the Saints, the Falcons, and the Carolina Panthers all getting an L in the column. That puts the Saints and the Falcons at 3-3, three and three, half game back. And the Panthers are 0-6 and, and sharing Spider-Man costumes, apparently. Yeah, when you're own six, uh, you might as well pretend to be superheroes. Yes. Right. I have a by the numbers. Oh, okay. Well, let's jump into that after our NFC South tracker. Let's get into by the numbers. Zach, I'll let you take the floor first since you Sweet. brought it up. Uh, my number is zero. Zero touchdowns. Not what I was looking for. <laughs> uh Zero chances of getting Caleb Williams. Actually, I'll that may not be true. I'll talk about that at the end. Uh, but no. <laughs> uh, John, do you want to uh, take a stab at it? Uh, no, thank you. Uh, z- okay. um, no, I don't know. Because zero could be anything. It's a bad week. There's a lot of zeros. That's like zero turnovers. Yeah. Zero. <laughs> uh, I was looking for zero holding calls on the Detroit Lions offensive line. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, the refs kept the uh, flags in the po- pocket for most of the game, which they left them in Detroit. I Actually, guess. there was a few that they took out of the pocket and then decided, oh, never mind, we'll no. take that flag back. Um, so they definitely let them play. Yeah, I think there was ten total penalties called this game for like seventy yards combined. So not a whole lot. All right, well, zero holding penalties. I'm sure that um, helped Detroit. On the Lions. It helped Detroit gain 380 yards. I'm sure Vita Vea was never held. Kalijah Canty was never held. Shaq Barrett was never held that whole game. It did not occur. Their offensive line is so good 
that they committed no fouls. Technicians. I Technicians. I All yeah, on the line. Yeah, you don't just, have to hold in your biting kneecaps, I guess. Just stars, bro. You took the line right off of me, Zach. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to our next number. Um, this one is 56%. Completion percentage? Is that third down conversion percentage? Their was, third down conversion percentage? It was the Lions' third down conversion percentage, yes. Ooh. Nine out of 16. Yeah, a lot of those third and 13s and third and 10s the defense allowed. Now, that's play. old buck ball for you. Ah, yeah. oh, that's, that's a, like that's – a, That's a Todd Green from special. That's that's a that's a early 2010s buck team for you right there. Oh, yeah. That's a Mike Smith defense right there. Yeah. Right there. Oh. Ryan Neal looked lost all game. God, he I – really I, oh did. Oh, my God. Yeah, he looked so bad. Was At he covering on the James? He was. Cover, he was. Like, slap the, the Jameson Williams touchdown. Hand. Oh my god, bro! <laughs> yeah, he just looked... let him find it. Just don't even worry about it. Ugh. He looks and so then, bad. And then Carlton Davis getting trucked for that touchdown by Amon Ra. That's a flag. I'm sorry, yeah. but that's a flag. I see that called all the time. Crackback, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah they're that's, that's not in the script though. <laughs> I mean, that's you talk about player safety like that. God damn. Like, that's that looked like the Florida, Alabama, like interception one. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do one more. Um, I had one. Oh, yes. All right, let's see if you guys can get this one. The number I'm looking for is, I believe, 16. 16. Rush yards. No. <laughs> Is that consecutive victories for the Lions since last year? No, that's not. That'd be impressive, though. I think it's like fourteen or something like that. I I think it's a span again. I don't know if it's a. Obviously, it's not. You know, a streak of wins because they have a loss. Yeah, I think they're like thirteen and three or something. Like yeah, that over the last. I think it's, oh, yeah, it's their best record since like the forties. Yeah. Drop passes by Mike this year. <laughs> that, would, that, would that would be, be a lot. That would be a, that would not be a good stat. His drop uh, rate is nine percent though. If we wanted to do by the numbers, which is up six percent from all of last year, so he's got some work to do. Wait, wait, wait. His last year it was six percent. No, it was three percent last year. So it's up three hundred. Yes, it's up 300%. Okay, yeah, that's a huge difference. It's up 300%. Got it, got it. Remember that come contract. It plus 6% equals 9%. Yeah. <laughs> Says um, yeah, come on, though. That's 300%. <laughs> that's the accountant for you. 16 is the number of rushing attempts from the Buccaneers. 16 rushes out of 54 plays. All game, really? All, All game? game, sixteen <laughs> attempts. Was that two and a half yards? A two and a half yards carry? I don't even know if it's that. It was a, it was atrocious. Yeah, and, and the, we the can't run, run the ball, right? It was ugly. The downs that we did decide to run the ball were oh telegraphed. Terrible. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> it was like you were watching it on TV and you're like, "This is going to be a run," and you're right every time. And I'm like, "I'm watching it on my TV." You don't think a defensive coordinator could pick this out or a person on the field? Come on. So those are your numbers. 
all miserable from a miserable game. Let's move to our one of our favorite segments, What the Buck Bro, um, as we pivot. What did you guys all find this week for What the Buck Bro? Uh, I'll start us out with going into college, the Colorado Buffaloes. They're up 29 to nothing at the half. Coach Prime is all smiles. They end up losing in overtime. Um, you know, for a program that's gotten pretty big under Coach Prime's wings, uh, it seems there's a little bit of faltering happening now after a couple of big losses, especially this one when they had such a sizable lead at the half. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Coach Prime and the Buffs respond because there might be a little tension there. All right, Zach, what about you? Um, I hear there are some some unruly fans this week in the NFL. Every week. Every week I scroll through Twitter and I see people getting the shit kicked out of them by opposing fans or the same team fans as well. There's been bear-on-bear conflicts, bangle-on-bangle conflicts. Uh, Monday night football had a really bad one. It had a couple of really bad fights. Um, my concern is that if the league doesn't do something to protect fans and fans just continue to beat the shit out of each other, we're going to end up like England and you can't drink in the stands. That's not acceptable. I don't want a whole stadium of family sections. So the league needs to see this. They need to put more. I don't care if it's more security. I don't know what they, they need to do, but they have to start policing the stadiums a little bit better because we're going to end up with harsh restrictions because we can't be cordial with each other. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's really like sad to see all the fights. Uh, and oftentimes it's like one person is barely coherent or they're just passed out and they're just getting destroyed by someone else. Uh, it's hard to watch. Um, it's not good. It's definitely a what the buck for everybody. You go to a football game. One, don't be that guy, but like two, how do you like it's shitty that you have to fear for like safety. <laughs> like a, you pay like three hundred dollars to go to a game and you have to like be worried about an Eagles fan turning around and like throwing a punch at you, you know? Yeah, the fandom needs to stay a fandom and not a frenzy, I agree. We need to show a little bit more respect to our fellow fans. Except you Eagles fans. No respect for you. That's why I said Philly fan. Of uh, it was intentional. Yeah. No. Yes. Um, and a great point, too, because I still don't you guys say it all the time when I got those family section tickets. So <laughs> I still get crap for all the family section tickets I bought that one time. Let's move on to John. Uh, we've got a certain celebrity quarterback trying to make a comeback after a week one departure. What's the latest on Aaron Rodgers? The only thing stupider than all of the Taylor Swift love the week before is this inane dribble that Aaron Rodgers is going to make a return this season. He's going to be ready to go. They've got his surgeon out here saying that he's probably better than he ever. No, stop it. Stop. That's just, I've never seen someone try to wish something into existence more. I promise you this. If Aaron Rodgers makes the mistake of getting back on the field, he may never walk again. This is a devastating injury. People just don't run back from and furthermore, the Jets don't even look that bad. The Jets are three and three. They could be in a way worse position. They could go out and get Kirk Cousins. They could do anything other than waste more time 
on Aaron Rodgers. This is just a guy who's, like you said, he wants to be a celebrity. He wanted to be the host of Jeopardy. He wants to go and do his little interviews and his little podcasts. There, He has no intention of playing again. And all he is doing is being a distraction to a team. I, I don't know why we're continuing to give him airtime on, on national media. What the buck? It is funny to see a guy who doesn't trust vaccine science really be comfortable with whatever stem cell shit they put into his Achilles to get it to come back fast. Modern medicine, not a fan when it's vaccines, but please give me this experimental treatment on my Achilles. <laughs> oh, we all know the medical field and its research is a la carte mode. Okay, you can choose to believe what you want. And I think to your point, John. Speed bridging, right? Speed bridging is the technique they yeah. use on his Achilles. And uh, they couldn't cite another use of it in the United States ever. Um, very similar to when Peyton had to go to Europe for the blood split, uh, spinning technique. You know, awesome. Kobe uh, did it for his Achilles. He went to Germany and they gave him that good stuff. The FDA won't let you have. Yeah, dude, like Christopher Reed when he was sucking the backs out of those babies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Not a historically accurate. Well, what I was going to say is, John, to your point, the Jets did have a big win against the previously undefeated Eagles. So they do seem to have something going without Aaron Rodgers, but we'll see if he does make that comeback. Bryce, why don't you round us out with what the buck bro with a little bit of tough love here? Yes. Yes. Um, all of us grew up in the Tampa Bay area and I think we've all become accustomed to when we go to games, whether it be the bucks or the rays or the bolts, uh, seeing a decent amount of, opposing fans in the stadium it's you know obviously tampa is a beautiful city people want to come down and spend some time here but what i saw on sunday was absolutely disgusting um a seat you know on our creamsicle day right a day that we're supposed to be proud of the historical you know importance of the creamsicles of this franchise um our big time game you know i see a sea of absolute blue for the entire game, uh, it it was louder for every Lions play than it was for the Bucks game. And then at the end, you know, half the stadium was still there cheering on the Lions and chanting. And, you know, it just irks me to a point where it's knowing that they've got these lower bowl seats. And most of those lower bowl seats, the ones that are on TV, are from season ticket holders. It, you know, if you're a season ticket holder, why the hell are you not at this game, let alone every game. Why are you selling them off? You know, it's ridiculous. You should be, you know, there used to be a point in time where getting season tickets, you had to wait on a waiting list for 20 years or something along those lines. Like there was a time where this city cared about this team way more than what I'm seeing. I hope we get back to that. We obviously care. I want our season ticket uh, holders to care a little bit more. And until then, Anytime I see that, I'm going to call you a bunch of suck fans because that's what you are. You're not a Buck fan. You're a suck fan. So what the Buck, bro? God damn it. Here, here. Here, here. Is, I completely agree with you. Tampa Bay sports culture has always suffered from this. Every team. Every one of our teams has failed to show up and support the way we should. Our fan bases just don't show up. But all these out-of-towners – because we are a snowbird-esque area where 
your neighbors are most likely either from Vermont or fucking Vancouver. Motherfuckers just go out to our stadium and get rowdy. And you know what I think, back to the other point about rowdy fans and safety for fans, is we treat them too goddamn nice. I've told you guys that for years. There is a line. There should be a line where you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but safe. They should be uncomfortable. You should you should be the only Lions fan in your section. You should have to look around and go, ah, shit. But no, you get to sit. It's Bro, it's like going to a home game. It's a home away game when you come to Tampa. Every fucking team does it. The more northern, the further flung your team is, the more likely you are to be, to be home fans in, in Tampa Stadium. And they want to move the Rays there? Like, that's not going to happen? Like, it's not going to be Yankee Stadium South? That's exactly what it's going to be. And, I, bro, I'm with you. It's time to probably do what the Lightning does and only sell tickets to certain credit card zip codes. Lock that shit down to people who live from here. Yeah, but then even the people who live from here didn't grow up here. <laughs> They're not from here. They have other allegiances. When I When I went to the vet as a young kid, I had my Bucks jersey on. I was a little boy, and they told my dad to take that jersey off of me before I went to the stands. That I wasn't safe as a small child. That's what I want to instill in these fans that come here. I want to shoot them down. <laughs> I don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't exactly. want to hurt. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind a little of the little Twitter videos of Tampa Bay fans just getting it. To some I don't want of them anybody to get hurt, fans. but. God damn it. Go away. <laughs> we're not going to hurt you, but we really want you to think we're going to hurt you. It's the implication. Just the implication. Just the implication. Now we really do sound like Philly fans. It's the implication of danger. <laughs> They're not going to say no. <laughs> Nobody's in danger. I can, How can I not make that any more clear? <laughs> I, I mean, y'all... John, you're on the dentist side of this argument. So <laughs> let's pivot. <laughs> let's pivot. Let's pivot. All right. Well, luckily, the team that's coming uh, into Tampa Bay is not that far north. The Falcons come into Tampa Bay this next week. Um, one o'clock game, guys. So back in the usual slot, if you will. The Falcons, three and three. They've got a good run game. They've got a lot of young players that can make a difference. Still putting it together under Arthur Smith. What are you guys looking for as we take on the Falcons this week? Do what we do best and shut down their run game. I think that's going to be be key to it, and that's something that we excel at. If we can shut down Algier and, and Robinson, we can take command of this game. Yeah, I, I mean, Bijan's the focal point uh, of that offense, obviously, so, you know, a lot of attention deserves to go there. Drake London also very talented. Uh, I mean, they've got, you know, Kyle Pitts is very talented as well. Desmond Ritter doesn't know he plays on his team, but um, that's someone you don't want to be the team that Kyle Pitts has like a good game against because he doesn't have many of those in a season. So that's got to be, and he's a matchup nightmare, obviously. So you still have to respect Kyle Pitts um, defensively. I'm going to be honest really can't think of a player on the Falcons on defense. I think that's to me like a no name. Is Grady Jarrett still there? Like it's like Grady a no name Jarrett defense. Grady Jarrett is still there. Okay. All right. Well, thank God for that. AJ Terrell uh, is still there. Okay. D- Dante Fowler's not. So, uh <laughs> He's just slugging didn't they get Jesse Austin Bates? Eckler. Uh, Don't they have Jesse Bates? They do. They do have yeah. Jesse Bates. Isn't that the kid from 
He was Norman? from Sensi. He's like a Pro Bowl safety from Sensi. Oh, okay. I might be thinking of Norman Bates. Um, so I'm not too worried about their defense. Uh, the only thing that makes you like worried is it's a divisional game. So like expect a close game because they know as well. So even if they don't have a ton of stars on defense, they'll be able to game plan really well because they see us a bunch. Uh, and we have a very predictable play calling on offense. Uh, that's easy to see coming. So, um, but no like stars that I'm especially worried about breaking the game. So uh, it'd be great to run the ball. That feels like it's asking for a lot. So maybe, you know, we can start to, like Ryan said, work on some alternative ways to manufacture a pseudo ground game um, with, you know, Baker somehow. It's really simple for me. If you play like you did against the Saints, we'll win this game. Um, I need to see good Baker. Um, the defense needs to create turnovers. I think they will. Desmond Ritter is not a good quarterback. He threw three picks against the commanders. Um, even though they've got a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball with Bijan um, and Kyle and um, Drake London, it's really kind of pointless if you know, they, you know, the quarterback can't get them the ball or is under duress. Um, and to your point, their defense is average at best. So I think on paper, this matchup bodes well for us. I think obviously coming off a tough loss, they'll be focused. It's a division rival. They're going to get um, the best from this team. And I think we'll see that. I, I think I, I really do think we'll see a bounce back this week. We'll play well. We'll create turnovers. I'm looking forward to it. I got I got a bro Shardamas moment for you here. Oh, hit us with it. This game, you're going to see Baker, Mike, and Chris Godwin get on the same page. And we go on a four-game run. What about Trey Palmer? Can they get on the same page? <laughs> a four-game run with the Bills four days after this game? You heard the man. Four-game run. <laughs> okay, all right. I just want to make sure. Can't I put the GD back in the bottle. No, no Stravavis is I just said. Okay? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think this game is like low-key the season, right? Because you, you know – for the NFC South is the way we have a good season, right? Like you beat the saints. So now you, you know, you can beat the Panthers because everybody can, but like, this is at home against Atlanta. This is going to be really telling, I think for the season. Cause it's, you know, there's like six wins that we really want to have on the schedule. We have one of them. This informs whether or not a third of them are, are possible. Yeah. Well, any division game obviously brings with it the certain implications of, tiebreakers and just your divisional opponent but yeah to to what you're saying um this is kind of that pivotal game of are we gonna traject into the playoff picture or are we gonna kind of be that middling team that's you know doesn't know how to bounce back and and might falter after that um i'm going to suggest that we do what i suggested the last game we didn't do a good job of that i'm gonna say let's get out early Let's get some points on the board. This is a run-heavy team that relies on its strong backfield, does not rely on Desmond Ritter a whole lot. So if we can make the game and force Desmond Ritter to control the game a little bit more, uh, that's going to help us all the much more. So I'd like to, for us to get out early, 
Um, hopefully, <laughs> John's grocery dramas comes true and Mike and Chris and Baker all get on the same page and uh, he Baker starts to bake. We'll get the good Baker in there um, and the wheels will start turning. But yeah, I, I'd like to see points on the board early. I think the defense has looked like a Todd Bowles defense all year long and I expect that to continue. It's it's mainly the offense that's just got to get it, its consistency up. All right. Well, that'll do our game preview. Now let's get into our trackers. Let's first start with our fantasy tracker. Um, Zach, can you first fill us in on our week six fantasy standings? Sure. Um, efforting. Got it. All right. So week six, John received 18 points out of his combination of Bijan and the Bucks defense. Bryce received an impressive 10.94 points yeah, between, between Gabe, who the hell is Gabe Davis, uh, and Baker. Ryan put up a monster number, 41 and a half. Cooper Cup balled out for sure. And then I came in with 22.9 for the week. So... Our standings today reflect Bryce still in the lead, but it's becoming a tighter race. He has 197.34. I'm in second with 184.02, followed by Ryan with 170.6. 40 points in a week will do that. And John bringing up the rear, 156.2. All right. Thanks, Zach. We've got a tightening race, and Bryce overtook the... Lowest low watermark, I believe. Thank you, Bryce. Took that honor from you. Yep, but yes. uh, you know, it's a hustle ball tradition right now. <laughs> Soon to not be. All right, Bryce. Why don't you lead us off here? You get your choice of the first Bucks player off the board. Yes, yes. After quite the impressive week I put up there, um, if we were playing golf, I'm going to go and select. I think the most consistent point provider over the re recent games, and that is Chris Godwin. I think he's going to have another seven to nine catches, close to 100 yards. Hopefully, Baker will throw him his first tutty. Clock it in. Aging receiving core, but, you know. <laughs> All right. Chris Godwin off the board. Uh, I think he was the best performer last week, so he's on the uptrend. Uh, I am next to pick for the Bucks. Um I'm going to pick probably the only other one. I think uh, we'll have we'll hope that Mike has a bounce back game. As I learned last week, scare money don't make money. So, Mike Evans, John next. Zach is next. Actually. Oh, Zach, I'm up. next. Okay, yeah. great. Okay, um, I'm gonna leave Baker for John because I get a sense that he really wants Baker in the comeback game. So, to that end, um, I will take. Only because we talked a lot of shit about him. Rashad White, redemption cycle. All right, nice pick. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get some of hopefully. that running we were hoping yeah. for. John, round us out here. I have a clarifying question regarding the rules. Can I take a Bucks player as my second pick, as my NFL pick as well? Sure. Big time. I'm going to take Sean Tucker as my Buccaneers performer with my first pick. He's going to come in with a big explosion. Sean Tucker, 
That's my guy. If he wants to throw away a week, I'm not going to stop him. Like, it's fine. What's wrong with Sean Tucker? Nothing wrong. That's it's hard, that's mostly, a big but yeah. Thomas by yourself. All right. Well, his heart's a little big. And then I'm going to take Baker Mayfield as my NFL player at large this week. That's going to be my guy. Mark so that it. means, oh. just so everyone knows, no one else can take Baker as their second pick now. If only I had another opportunity to pick him every week. Back to me then, yeah? Yes, it is. Okay. I'm going to take... I don't think he's been taken yet. So I think I'm good to do this. I will take Amon Ra St. Brown. Yeah, he's not been taken. All right, Amon Ra. Amon Ra. All right. I am next. I'm going to take Austin Eckler. So it shall be. All right. Give me Kenneth Walker, the no-name running back out of Seattle. Kenny Dubs. (laughs) I might be at that game this week, so we'll see what happens. Oh, nice. That'd be dope. Who do they play? Scream, give the ball to Kenneth when you're out there. Who did the Seahawks play this week? The Cardinals. Oh, okay. Ooh, BC a dub. I'm ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get to our next tracker, John, with the trivia question of the week. And, John, I know we had a trivia question for the last two weeks. Did we get any winners from that trivia question? We did not. We got several, several wrong answers. But I appreciate everyone's participation. The correct answer was Chris Sims. Chris Sims was the last Buccaneers quarterback to record a win in his first game against the Saints. That was Chris Sims, later uh, arrested during a game while driving high on the freeway in Denver, where he was a healthy scratch. That's our guy, Chris Sims, hero to you and me. This week's question is going to be way harder this week. This one you will not be able to Google easily. Which former U.S. president served as an announcer for Buccaneers radio broadcast during the inaugural 1976 season? JFK. No, he was not alive in 1976. (laughs) Um, I don't think his brother was either. Unless you're one of those. Romeo Cornell. (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P. R.I.P. Romeo Cornell. He's a big guy. That's some old school Bucks trivia. We'll see if anybody gets it. So, guys, good luck again at Buck Bros TB on Instagram if you want a chance to win the trivia question of the week. Good question, John. Zach, let's move on to your tracker. Caleb Williams played against Notre Dame. He did. Uh, Not well. Uh, It was easily the worst game of the season. It's probably the worst game. It's definitely the worst game since it's been at USC. You could question some of the Oklahoma games for the transfer. <clears throat> he threw three picks. That's probably the worst part. Uh, not a lot of yards, 199. Only threw for one touchdown. It was definitely his worst game. It was the best defense he'd faced. But, you know, we teased this earlier about the Bucks having 0% chance to get to Caleb Williams. There is a, a thought that is being shared on the internet that Caleb may be tanking 
himself. So, while the Bears may be tanking for Caleb, what if Caleb is trying to play himself out of being the number one overall pick? Then we can swoop in. I am a fan of this theory. So, there's a part of me that will be tracking to see if he plays worse the rest of the season. But we'll, we'll see. 5D chess move right there. Yeah, you know, let's give up millions of dollars so I can play for a better team. That will give me some equity in the team as soon as I get drafted. <laughs> for now, guys, that's going to wrap it up for the Buck Bros. We thank you as always for listening to us. And please reach out on Instagram at BuckBrosTB if you want a chance to enter into the trivia or follow us along for all the content we share there. I'm going to end this episode saying, Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Minus two and a half. Minus two and a half. It's got to be coaching, right? Plenty of teams have an effective rushing attack. We don't. And I don't know if we did a bad job of building out our offensive line to to do that. Maybe we just don't have the skills. But I, Dave Canales had a fairly decent run game in Seattle, and I bet you you couldn't name the two running backs that they had up there. They're garbage. Kenny so, Walker. Kenneth uh, Walker, who, like, is top five in the league. Yeah, and then the other guy uh, who went – he was released or traded. Rashawn um, Penny. Yeah, Penny. there it is. And yes, backup right now point. is Zach Charbonnet. This is, and then it's it's not just the fact that you know, it's been a Jason Light special. He doesn't know how to draft running backs. <laughs>